Well, as the weekend is knocking at your door, that means it's time for another edition of the Speaking For Him podcast. Hi, it's Adam McNutt alongside the host of the program, Mr. Andrew Gomison. Hello, Adam. It's great to be with you again on this Friday. And today we have another uh, movie review for you. This is uh, kind of a docudrama. And this is going to review uh, Ray Comfort's movie, Audacity, which actually deals with the issue issues surrounding homosexuality and homosexual marriage. Um, again, um, this is not an inappropriate film, but due to the subject matter, um, you may want to curtail the younger set from watching it. Although this is becoming a more and more prevalent part of culture, so I do believe that it needs to be addressed, and that's why we're here today to address it. And Adam is going to start us off with our quote of the day. This actually comes from the main character, Peter, in Audacity. The bottom line is that I believe the Bible. Even though I'm terrified to do it, I have to speak the truth no matter what people think of me. It's not even about me. It's about this wonderful living God. And that's kind of the bottom line uh, when I preach or when I step behind the mic to do this podcast. You know, I'm... Sometimes I wonder if I should tone it down, and but then I realize I have this platform. I'm given it for a reason, and if I start uh, being milk toast and not being honest and truthful, then I've blown my opportunity. And so, so even though this is a difficult issue, we're here to address it with love and with understanding through um, this movie. And and we will be honest. There were things that I didn't. Uh, appreciate as much about this film um and i'll get into those honestly um but first let's listen uh to the trailer for the movie audacity i don't want to offend you but i have a sister who's gay and you don't know the struggle she's been through from people who are telling her that she's gonna go to hell for what loving someone and where are these two gonna go if i pull the trigger How come the word homosexuality hasn't been in the Bible until a few decades ago? And if homosexuality is such an abomination, then why is the word abomination used to describe eating shellfish? And if God is love, then why is love? I noticed when I came up, you two were kissing. In public, you are obviously gay. What do you think of gay marriage? I love gay marriage. I have a lot of gay friends. I love the gay community. Are you two married? Um, no, we're not married. Are you we're thinking of getting married? Yes. And I think everybody should be able to love who they want to love, no matter if you love a woman or a man. Who cares? Gay marriage, I think they should be able to do whatever they want. Love is love. Love has no color. I think that everyone should be free to marry who they want. I just know that I love gay marriage. I love gay people. So what does God think of homosexuality? That's a stupid question. I think you should just stay out of it. I have a lot of gay friends that go to church every Sunday. They believe in God and they're gay. Are they going to burn in hell for being gay? Are people born that way? I believe so. I was. Do you think they're born that way? They're born that way. Sure? No attraction to men? No. And what about you? So ever since the day I was born. You've always had gay tendencies? Always.
you changed your mind? Yeah, you, you just, yeah, you enlightened me real fast. Does that make sense? Yes. <laughs> does that make sense? That makes, sure, sense. makes sense, yeah. That does make sense. You're very good at this, honestly. This is actually a very good argument. So I've been um, watching the videos that you showed me, like, okay. all day today. But I'm kind of starting to feel a little nervous because it's starting to all make sense. Does that make sense? It does. I have a question for you. Can you tell that I'm a lesbian? is the trailer for audacity and that in a way might be one of the more confusing trailers we've had uh, mainly because we don't uh, typically review documentaries on this show although um, i wanted to review this one because again it's one of those hot button topics that we can't get away from in our culture so we need to know how to address it um, because as much as we might like to uh, we can't go and crawl under a rock until it blows over and god wouldn't want us to either because he wants us to be salt and light in um in the world um jesus said in john chapter 17 i do not ask you to take them out of the world but i ask you to protect them from the evil one and so we're going to discuss this movie and basically what it is is um this young man named peter uh it's kind of a confusing beginning because first you see his friend doing stand-up comedy and then Peter kind of has this dream about um, this broken elevator. He realizes it's broken and he gets out of it and then he's told, don't let anybody go into the elevator or they could die. So he puts a warning sign by the elevator and someone comes by and takes it off. And then two people get on the elevator, they plummet to their death, and he wakes up. And it's kind of this, uh, it's kind of becomes an analogy for what is discussed later in the film with the issues surrounding homosexuality. You know, I, I've talked about this a little bit before, that when I talk about this and I, and I tell you that homosexuality uh, is in the eyes of God a sin, then I'm not coming up with some arbitrary thing. I didn't just twiddle twiddle my thumbs one day and, and say, well, it might be a good idea to rile up a group of people by telling them that homosexuality is a sin. No. This is something that has been established by God. And I know that one of the first arguments is, what about all the abominations in the Old Testament? And, and you know, you're probably thinking, well, he's going to cite Leviticus. And, um, yes, there are Leviticus passages, but I was looking the other day at the passages surrounding sexual sin and homosexuality, and really only two of them are in the, the Old Testament, and there's four or five of them in the New Testament. So this is not just an Old Testament issue. It's not something where we're trying to isolate something in the law. Um, the dietary laws were not passed on to us as Christians. Um, when Christians became Christians in the book of Acts, Gentiles became Christians, that is, they were given four prohibitions. Um, and I can't remember all of them, but two of them were don't eat things strangled in blood and abstain from sexual immorality. You know, of all the laws in the Old Testament, the one on sexual immorality made the ones on sexual immorality made the top four 
Okay, so we're not talking about something that went away with the Old Testament. And every time God talks about marriage, he talks about it in the context of man and woman. And so, as we get into our discussion of this film, uh, that's what we're going to be talking about. Adam, what were your general thoughts of this movie? Um, You know, I, I, I'm kind of torn because this movie definitely stands up for truth in God's word. And uh, I'll always support anything that does that and is, you know, just on the road of truth. It, it was a little confusing to follow. And I felt like at certain parts, it was unrealistic compared to what would happen in most real life situations. So I like the parts where uh, Ray Comfort was in uh, talking to people in those scenes, but the other theatrical scenes with like the main character, Peter and such, there were a few where uh, it was, Kind of hard to follow. Uh, it wasn't bad, but it was just a kind of uh, kind of like a windy road. Like you finally got to where they wanted to go, but it was kind of like, oh, you, you got to make sure you don't blink and, and you know keep watching. And I and I agree. Um, the interesting thing about that is I really don't necessarily appreciate Ray Comfort's style of sticking a mic in people's faces. <laughs> Obviously, he gets permission from them to use their footage on his videos. Yeah, but. Just the way he sticks a mic out there and asks them these direct questions. I don't know if it's more because I wouldn't have the courage to, to approach things that way. Yeah. Or if it's just that I that it still kind of rolls me the wrong way that he does it that way. But I, but I definitely think that it showed a contrast between what homosexuals often think and what is really the truth. You know, you know the the quote that we read earlier was a quote that he he um gave to uh, a homosexual man that he was witnessing to after uh, he saved their life from a harrowing experience, which I won't give away here because I think it's one of the more exciting parts of the movie. Mm -hmm. But uh, I just, you know, it's so true. The bottom line is I believe the Bible. Even though I'm terrified to do it, I have to speak the truth. No matter what people think of me, it's not even about me. It's about the wonderful living God. You know, he always had a choice to withhold the truth. But like I've said before on this show, if, if your neighbor's house is on fire, you tell them. Right. You know, and so basically he's saying, this is the way God made it. I'm not better than you. And I think, And I think that's the chief thing that needs to come across as we're dialoguing with these people about the issue of homosexuality. I'm not better than you. I have my own struggles with my thought life when it comes to women. You know, if I were just to say I can give in to the way I was made, then the things, some of the things that I've thought, if I could make them come true, it would not be good for anyone. So, you know, we all have a natural bent towards sin. And, uh, you know, like Ray Comfort mentions in the video, he said, from the time I was... um, a young boy, I wanted to be with a woman because women are attractive. We're made to be attracted to members of the opposite sex. So it's something that I needed to get control of through the Spirit of God because even though God made sex and he made it for a man and a woman, he did it in a context, and that context is marriage. And so... um. My general thoughts are kind of along the lines of yours there. We're 
certain things that were not that realistic, you know, kind of the intersplicing of the videos that he did with the real life scenario um was was kind of hard to follow like you said especially there was a part where the girl gets stuck on the railroad tracks yeah and you're like what in the world's going on because at first you don't realize that there even are railroad tracks yeah yeah um and again i don't want to say too much but just keep that in mind as you watch it but the one thing i will say before i move on to the next thing um which is positive aspects. So I'll just go with with that. I liked the way he was patient. He never got huffy. You know, a lot of times, you know, a big problem for us who are preaching the truth or trying to convey the truth is we're, we're very sure that we're right. Yes. And so we want to get it across. And we kind of have this feeling that if we yell louder or we have a longer uh, Facebook comment, that people are going to finally be won over. Now, mm-hmm. now I don't go as far as some people do who say don't never have those discussions on Facebook because Facebook is the new town town square, okay? People used to get together and dialogue in the town square. That's that's what a lot of the founding fathers did as they came up with the plan for this country was through dialogue in the town square or the Continental Congress, what have you. So we need to have dialogue. But there's also points where you just kind of have to say, you know, we're not going to agree. We're ideologically separate. I've said what I'm going to say, and I believe it, and I'm not backing down. But there's no point in continuing the discussion. And sometimes it gets to that point. But I like the fact that he was always calm, always conveyed a spirit of love. And there's a girl in there that kind of gets defensive um, and he actually connects with her because he had a dream about her, which is weird. Yeah. But, uh, but they start talking about these issues and, um, and by the end of the film, she is at least contemplating a personal relationship with God. And I think that it, it showed what, what needs to happen. It doesn't always button up the way it does in movies. But again, I go back to this idea of, if it doesn't button up at least a little, then people watching the movie will be like, well, that's not a good ending. So sometimes it's a catch-22 deciding what to do in those situations. But I really appreciated it. Um, you know, I, I, I know that they were trying to show kind of the two sides of of the issue with the one guy who wouldn't listen to the message and the other guy who was listening. But like you said, um, there's a certain degree in which um, that started to get a little unrealistic. And the way that he incorporated, the way that Ray Comfort incorporated his videos, his on-the-street interviews, which in a way are kind of interesting because he asked them very candid questions. Mm-hmm. And I know that he garners respect from people, too, because one of the couples that was interviewed said, thank you for respecting us and not being condescending. So in that yeah. respect, I was really glad. But I just I don't know that I would want a mic stuck in my face <laughs> right out there on the street to ask my opinion on something. So I don't think I would take that approach. But um, 
what did you uh, want to say as far as negatives? As negatives of the movie? Um, I, I, like we talked about, there was definitely some parts where I, I felt like it was, it was unrealistic. I, I won't give away the main things, but it seemed like every single scene that Peter, the main character, was in, there was some major life-altering event going on, like, every day. And it's like, okay, that doesn't happen every day in life. It might happen over a span of a life or something may go on where, you know, God brings us opportunities daily, but not quite the way that they showed it in the film. And I was like, by the third, fourth, big <clears throat> life-altering almost thing, I was like, wow. Never follow a... him around. Yeah. <laughs> might not fly with that guy. Um, so that was that was uh, one thing that I, I wasn't crazy about about the movie. Um, another thing <clears throat> was, uh, just, yeah, kind of trying, trying to follow, uh, the film. It seems like there were certain things that were thrown in that kind of came out of nowhere. Like I know there was his friend, the comedian who was cool in the film, but <clears throat> it, it was kind of like, right, what does this have to do with the, with, with the storyline and, and kind of with, you know, furthering the plot and, and what Ray Comfort was trying to, uh, come across with in in truth. So a couple of things there that I was kind of like, okay. Well, and that kind of surprised me just because when Ray Comfort um, talks about television he and movies, he talks about being very careful about what he watches. Like, he likes a lot of the old black and white stuff. Yeah. But then one of the, the comedian character was talking about Russell Crowe and Robert De Niro. And modern. More modern movies that I'm pretty sure uh, Ray doesn't watch a lot of. So, like you said, it didn't seem to fit in with the overall context of the of the film and uh, I don't know where the comedian came from he obviously actually was a comedian because he did some pretty good impressions yeah but uh it was just interesting to see how that fit in and he didn't really um factor into any major decisions in the film either he was just kind of there yeah on the side uh, as a friend, which is fine. But like you said, I mean, I've read books like that where where it's like, okay, the series could be over, but let's add another dramatic element so that we can do another uh, spinoff series and continue the story. Yeah. You know, and it's like, well, were you thinking that in the beginning or did you just do that because you wanted to write more books? So I definitely know what you mean about kind of just putting in scenarios that aren't necessarily the most realistic. Um, all right. My favorite character was the young lady, um, because she, over the course of the film, realizes that Peter cares about her. It's mm -hmm. not just about him pushing an agenda. He says, I really care about you. And he's able to have, in addition to the hard hitting theological stuff, he's able to have some playful banter with her and, and just show her that he cares. Um, and again, the one weird thing is there wasn't a really good resolve from her, like, car accident. Yeah. She just kind of went through that period, and then she calls him and says, I'm, you know, contemplating God, which, if you go through something like that, I'm sure that triggers that, so I'm not that surprised, but just the way of the delivery. So she was my favorite character, and, um... My least favorite was probably the angry guy in the restaurant because he, there was no, there wasn't even any context for his anger really. 
Yeah. Because he got angry before the guy even started talking about the issue. Mm-hmm. So it didn't really seem, in that respect, it didn't really seem to to fit with the the whole thing. Although I did like the line in the beginning of the restaurant part where he orders an iced tea and they said, why would you do that? Uh, referencing him saving their <laughs> life, but, but he said, but he was joking and he said, because I like iced tea. <laughs> so he was just referring to the order of the iced tea. So anyway, as just an aside, but what are your thoughts on these things with the characters? Uh, I'd have to say my favorite uh, was actually Peter. And you actually touched on it earlier in the podcast already because of his demeanor. He never came across like um, you, you need to give your life to Jesus right now or you're going to burn. Or he didn't, you know, he didn't push. He didn't, he didn't judge. He wasn't critical. Uh, he was just loving, and he was really humble about it. He acted human towards those that were, uh, you know, living a lifestyle that's not according to to God's word. But I like how they, in Peter's character, set that example because sometimes I think as Christians we can get so wrapped up in in thinking, you know, they're they're living a sinful lifestyle, which is true. But then we kind of start thinking of those people like they're like they're aliens or on another planet. We start to treat them differently, like unhuman, and we're like, "You got to surrender right now, or else uh, I'm done with you. I'm going to brush my knees off and and, and walk on." Uh, Peter kept with them. Uh, he was human with everybody. He just talked. He just shared God's love in a very kind, human nature. And I appreciated how how they did that in uh, Peter's character. If I had a least favorite, it would probably be that. Um, that same guy, not so much because he, he got angry right away. Cause I know at times in certain, uh, deep conversations that can happen between people. But, um, for me, it was, it was just kind of, uh, kind of, kind of the, the arrogance he got, gave off a little bit, like either my way or the highway. And I, I don't want to hear anything else or, you know, automatically judge Peter being this way, you know, and, and it's funny how so many times, in that homosexual community, they talk about being judged, but in the movie, that character, you know, was jumping right on Peter. So it was kind of a kind of a catch twenty two. But that would probably be my uh, least favorite character. Not not because I hated him or anything along those lines, but just in the sense of yeah, it just kind of came off arrogant and just angry. Well, it is kind of interesting that uh, it seems like the liberal left can have their opinion, and we're supposed to just leave it alone. But if we have an opinion, they're like you're judging. Because you have espoused a biblical opinion, and isn't it judgmental to assume that I'm being judgmental because I have a different opinion than you? Right. You know? And uh, the thing is, people don't understand that we need a moral fabric, a fixed standard to live our lives by, or everything's chaos. You know, you don't, people don't often realize this, but if you're going to justify homosexuality on the basis of being born that way then any sinful tendency that i have whether it be lust whether it be uh shoplifting whether it be speeding whatever that is we should just abolish all the laws for those things because i have a tendency toward them so that means they're okay that's the logic that you're talking about when you say because i have a tendency toward this it's okay Mm -hmm. um but we all tend we all tend towards sin. The Bible says there's no one righteous, no not one. No one seeks after God, no one understands. So 
How does understanding come? It comes through the Spirit of God. So, um, and another thing I want to say too, um, before we close up, is a lot of people say, well, I sin and you sin, it's the same. But there's a difference between sinning and acknowledging it as sin and working to get rid of it in your life and saying, I'm this way and I, and that's okay. You know, the biggest reason why the, the, there's a necessity to speak out about this issue is because it's become a societal norm. It's become okay. And it's not okay. It's, it's a stench in the nostrils of Almighty God. But that doesn't mean that we should hate the person. We should love everyone. Mm-hmm. God loves everyone. That's why he sent his son to die on the cross. I mean, Moses and uh, Moses and David were murderers. Paul was a murderer. All these people were used by God mightily, but they weren't still murderers bent on murdering people when God used them. That was something in their past. They got through it. They chained by the grace of God. And then God used them. You know, we're, we're all sinners. We all struggle. But the point is to strive toward holiness. Mm-hmm. And so that's, that's what I hope will be the takeaway. And I hope that as you watch this film, that you'll be able to share it with your friends and family. And the good news is that... This film is on YouTube, number one, so anyone can watch it free of charge at any time. It's not even on Netflix, so you don't have to have a Netflix subscription. And um, so I would encourage you, so we will provide the link so that you can watch it, and it is only 55 minutes long. So it's not a huge time commitment either, so... Uh, watching it and learning how to address these issues in love is another thing uh, that you can do, and it's it's not that hard to sit and watch. It's a pretty easy watch. And the final thing I'll say is that some people say, well, you need to judge uh, judge yourself, judge your own sin, and love others. And I agree with that. But sometimes we use the excuse of loving others as an excuse to water down or ignore the truth. And you can't do that. The Bible says that faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. And so we can go on and pretend like this is normal. We can pretend like everything's okay, but we would be lying. God has very high, holy, perfect standards that have only been met through Jesus Christ, and he can change your life. He can change you into something other than what you are. Matter of fact, he does that. He makes dead people alive. That's his job. And he can do the same for you. And I pray that you will trust him. And that you will reach out for help in this issue or whatever other issues you may be struggling with. Adam, any final thoughts before we wrap up? Um... Watching this movie, um, obviously there's things I liked and didn't like about it, but it, it does do a good job of 
reminding you about those opportunities that may be amiss in the busyness of life. You know, when Peter had that dream about the elevator crashing um, with the the couple in it, uh, he realized that would have been a missed opportunity if it weren't a dream. So it gets you thinking in your own life, like, boy, have there been times where I've just kind of walked by and there's something going on right in front of me and I, I could have said something, I, I could have done something, um, kind of a rabbit trail, but even situations like Robin Williams and such where you know people afterwards are always like, is there something I could have done differently? Is there something I, I could have done more? So um, just keeping that in mind, and, and the movie does a good job of, of getting you thinking about that. Oh, absolutely. Well, that's all we have for you today. We will have links um, to the film itself and also to the website for Ray Comfort Living Waters because even though it's available for free, you could definitely use a donation here and there to help cover costs of making content and producing movies like this. He also has a really good pro-life movie called The 180 Movie, uh, which I would recommend. Um, I haven't watched the whole thing, but what I have watched is pretty solid, and uh, he's very solidly pro-life, and as you can tell, it's a huge issue for me, especially the way things have been pushed front and center lately, and so I wanted to put a plug in there for that. Well, that's all we have time for this week, but I hope that you will uh, watch this movie. I hope that you will share it with others. And I hope, as always, that you will keep serving the best of masters. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Your host has been Andrew Gomison, founder of Speaking for Him, alongside his co-host and executive producer, Adam McNutt. For more information on today's show and to leave us comments and voicemails, visit speakingforhim.blogspot.com. You can find Andrew's ministry at speakingforhim.com. That's speaking, the number four, H-I-M. You can also interact with us at facebook.com slash speakingforhim and on Twitter at Speaking For Him. And when you look for us on iTunes and Stitcher, let us know what you think of the podcast by leaving a rating and review. 